0: better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast presented by locked on it's joe marino from the draft network and i am your host here on this friday edition of the show as i told you on the close of yesterday's podcast with jonah tolls where we talked defensive backs today is about the wide receivers and i brought in my favorite wide receiver guy in the world brad kelly my co-worker at the draftnetworkcom he just started this new weekly column called wide out Wednesday, and he got a little spicy here with his first edition where he got into his senior and underclassmen rankings uh, for the 2020 NFL draft and also gave us some tiers of NFL wide receivers. So we've got a lot to dig into here, Brad. Thanks for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me on. Um, you're welcome, Brad. It's uh it's good. Good to have you. Good to talk receivers and I don't know, how do, you, how do you start a conversation about 2020 wide receivers without talking to Alabama guys, right? You've got Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs who are 1-2 on your underclassmen rankings right now in this uh, article that you released here on July 31st. I've got the same two guys at the top of my board when it comes to receivers. How close are these guys? Because I think Rugg- you know, Judy's special, but I don't know if there's that much of a drop-off to Ruggs.
1: I don't think there's a drop-off at all. Um, I actually, I think it was you recently at the uh, TdN Summit who said I think Henry Ruggs is going to be this year's DK Metcalf when it comes to the draft network, and I yeah. think you're right. I think everyone in, in our group is pretty much going to fall in love with him for different reasons than than we were like DK for, but the same style of of affection for his game, just because he's he's a little bit faster than Judy. Not that Judy's not fast, but I think his potential might be even a little bit higher just because he's just, he's a superior athlete and maybe even has better body control in the air. So right now they're one two, but if rugs can kind of refine his route running to approach Judy's, then I think he might pass him up. And so I think they're, I think they're one and two and they're real close right now.
0: Yeah. Judy and rugs are like perfect for today's game, right? Just used to, you know, 10 years ago, we talked about having that alpha number one, big bodied guy. You can funnel the passing game through. Now you got guys like this that just know how to create space and get open and still have really good ball skills and can create after the catch. I mean, I think that's kind of their strengths when, when you think about, all right, well, what, what's the one or two things that we really want to see in 2019 from those Bama receivers? What really pops to you? Uh, well, I think for Judy,
1: there's not that much that he really can improve. I think the big thing for him is going to be his body weight and his bulk. He was only like 190 pounds and that's fine. I mean, like a lot of guys like Stefan Diggs is only like supposed to be like 198, but I think you would like him to be a little bit more muscular, have a little bit better play strength as a result rugs I would say, uh, like I said, kind of refined his route running. There are there are glimpses of it, but you don't see like the double moves that Judy can mm-hmm. really pull off. And then with Devontae Smith, I think he's already a really good route runner. I'm really high on Devontae Smith. Uh, but I think with him, he's kinda of in the same boat He's only like like 182 or something like that. So he got, he needs to get some size on him. Uh that'll help his durability, that'll help his play strength.
0: One thing that I think about with rugs and, and Judy here is they're just faster than everyone else on the football field at the college level. And so they're able to literally just run away from coverage and get open. It's that the technical side of route running, the nuance, the the things that they'll need to do at the NFL level, really becoming true route salesmen is the kind of stuff I want to see. Hopefully we'll get to see some chances of that uh, developing here in 2019.
1: Yeah, I think I think to an extent, Judy kind of already has that. And that might be because a lot of times they roll coverage to his side. Um, trying to like put a safety over a bracket or something like that. So he's kind of used to going against like two guys at once. But I think with rugs, I definitely think you have a point. Like we need to see a little bit more of that nuance and and not just rely on his straight line speed as much.
0: CeeDee Lamb at number three, the Oklahoma wide receiver, really good football player. To be interesting, now this is a big change for him, right? Marquise Brown is gone. Uh, Kyler Murray's gone. Baker Mayfield's gone. And it's, it's Jalen Hurts, right? Who's not necessarily, from what we saw at Alabama, the most. Uh... Consistent with his ball placement, and so I'm anxious to see what his production looks like this year. But the skill set's really nice when it comes to the NFL. Yeah, everything's going to
1: change for C.D. Lamb and pulling their offensive line. Four fits of it is gone. Kyle Murray could create, so there's probably, I mean, create like no other. So there's probably <laughs> going to be a lot less time for him to get open, even when it was a, a general pocket pass, drop back pass, or even uh, in scramble mode. So there's going to be a lot less time for him to get open, and like you said, he's going to be relied on as the number one target no matter what with marquise brown gone i think lamb was already the best receiver last year but i think he's going to be relied on a little bit more this year like you said uh really fun player really good player. players only 19 and he already has a great skill set love him in the air i think that he's he's a special talent up in the air and attacking the football with his body control so it's going to be fun to see what his development is and if he can really carry the load for the sooners
0: yeah, body control and ball skills are really special with CD Lamb. I, what's going to be fun is what does he run, right? What's that forty time like? I think that'll be something that we debate a lot, and it'll be interesting. Like if he runs a four-five, how disappointed people will be. I don't know that he's a true four-four four guy.
1: I don't think he is. Or well, if he is, he's going to be high four-fours or, uh, or that low four-five, which is fine. I mean, have you run four-five and? And you have some good size too. That's fine with me. I mean, Michael Thomas ran like four or five, whatever. DeAndre Hopkins ran the four or five, so it's not that big a deal as long as your play speed is good. But like you said, he's not. He doesn't have the play speed of a Ruggs or a Judy. He's a little bit. He's a little bit like the high four or fours type of range.
0: Yeah, I mean, in watching Lamb on film, do you really question his ability to separate and get open? And that's that's like when you get interested in forty times is as it relates to their ability to get open or make big plays. And you watch CD Lamb play football, and you really don't have those questions. No, you do not no he's going to be special he's he is so young and like so developed for
1: his age that like when it comes to ceiling i know i mentioned rug ceiling i mean lambs might even be higher his might be the highest in the whole class i mean when it comes to receiver just because he has this a little bit more size to him and then he's so young and his skill sets already already developed that it's i just want to see how he develops i almost wish he'd say for two years and really just to really like be special but i doubt that'll happen <laughs>
0: Nah, he's coming out, brother. Uh, let, let's get to number four here on the list. You've got Jalen Rieger from TCU. I just watched his film. Really dynamic dude. What are you looking for out of him? What do you like? What Where's the growth needed from Jalen Rieger? I think that's another guy who has
1: great speed, great explosiveness. I've mentioned this a few times, but I keep coming back to it. He had a 26-foot-flat long jump in high school. It's crazy. The next highest in the country that year in high school was twenty five five. So he's seven inches further just absolute freak of nature when it comes to explosiveness. Another guy who I think could run in the four threes. Um, I, another, another guy who kind of looking for uh, a little bit more as far as route technique and being a technician goes. Ben Solak calls him soft over the middle. I don't think he's soft, but I do think he can improve his play strength, especially over the middle. Uh, so those kind of things I'm looking for him to improve. And if he does, he's probably in that, in that
0: same spectrum as a Henry Ruggs. Yeah. You know, Jay, I don't know if, how much you put into this, right? I'm watching Jalen Rieger rip, ripping through game after game. And I'm like, this dude exclusively lines up on the right side of the formation. Now is I've never played receiver. I know you have, does that matter? Is there some type of comfort that comes from playing, you know, playing on both sides or is that a, a big adjustment or am I sh- shouldn't make any, anything of it?
1: So I have mixed feelings about this. Um, I when I played in college, I only played on one side of the ball. I only played on the right side. So in my head, I would I could just say to myself, oh, I could play on the left, it's not a big deal. But whenever I would line up over there, I would be a little bit awkward. I'd like fall step a little bit because my 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 right foot was forced and my left foot was all the time. So it does take a little bit of adjustment, but I think mostly it's looking at like and this always comes back to this, it's looking at the traits. You know what I mean? Like look back two years ago to James Washington. And he only lined up on one side, and he basically only ran vertical routes. But that was because he only could run vertical routes. When you look at a guy like DeMarcus Lodge last year only lined up on one side, I thought that he could go on more routes than what, he could, than what he was assigned to do because you kind of saw that flexibility and that mobility. And whenever he had it, like an in-breaker route, he could do it. So for him, I would say, oh, he can project into both sides. For James Washington, I was like, I have no idea what this guy can do other than run in post. So I think what it comes down to is Rieger's. Like when you see the traits, I think that he could play all around the all around the formation. I think you're playing the slot. I think he will play a lot in the slot um, when it comes to the NFL. So I don't put too much stock in it, depending on what their skill set is. And I think Riegers is the skill set where he could probably do more than what he's assigned to do.
0: Well, now we know why you didn't get drafted. Did you only played on the right side of the line of scrimmage, and I ran a four a four eight. Nah, it's 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 about alignment, Brad. Surely, <laughs> I, I you're the best athlete on the TDN staff, uh, at least as far as we know. We haven't seen Jordan Reed's uh, measurables, but if he's, uh, his ability to, uh, to test well is anything like his trivia skills. We're all in trouble. We are in a lot of trouble. <laughs> uh, one last note on Jalen Rieger, um, for a guy that's as fast as he is, he's pretty dense. Like he's a thick guy, like 195 yeah. pounds. Like I, I, he's not like a, a diminutive frame. Like I really like the way he was, he was slapped together. Oh, he's, he's shredded.
1: Even when he was in high school, the first, the, the day I saw him do a 26 foot long jump, I didn't see it in person, but the <laughs> article about it, they showed the picture of him and I was like, who is this tank? Like, I'm like, well, how does this guy move like this? Because he is ripped and he has been since he was 16. So yeah, he's, he's well put together. He's passed, you know, he's above Judy Ruggs, and Smith and a couple of those guys, as far as his build goes, he doesn't have to add on any more weight
0: at all. You've got LaVisca Chenault here, the Colorado receiver at number five from the way he plays to the injury concerns. Tell me why he's not Sammy Watkins 2.0. Would you say that's a positive or a negative? I think it's a great positive. It just happens to be the icing on the cake that they, they kind of look the same and that they have foot problems.
1: <laughs> well, it's going to I think Sam Watkins is still a really good talent. His injuries have slowed him down. And I think he, I think mentally, I don't know if he's quite like ready to be a pro yet. Kind of like Devante Parker, but I digress. I think when it comes to Chanel, he's a lot, his, vers- his versatility is crazy. So he lines up at H, he lines up at H back like a lot. Um, would be in the slot, would be outside. They'd have him do a million different things. Um, I think when it comes to his skill set, it's probably closer to like a Mohamed Sanu or as far as his versatility goes, his athleticism goes. Uh, but then when it comes to like a few other, a few other like aspects of his game, maybe being go up, go up to get the ball and that type of stuff, it's probably a little bit more advanced. It's a little bit more physically, physically talented than a guy like Mohamed Sanu. Um, I don't know, man. It's just interesting. I wish they would just play my receiver so I could see what he's like there full time but Colorado's is going to do what Colorado does when they have one good athlete. So his development will be interesting. Uh, once again, this year, a lot of guys will be interesting to see what, what they can do with another year, but especially him, his skill set's fun. I just want to see a full time receiver. Do we have any
0: clues as to what Colorado's offense is going to look like this year? Or, or we're kind of still wondering. I have no idea. Yeah. I know they got new coaching staff, Mel Tucker over there is a head coach now at Colorado. Um, T Higgins, uh, Clemson wide receiver at number six. I just watched that Notre Dame game. And the only thing that's in my head is that drop over the shoulder that uh, reminded me of Stevie Johnson dropping the game winning touchdown against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That would have put the bills in the playoffs Um, and they lost in overtime, but T Higgins, a a player that I think has a lot of buzz. Maybe some people surprised that he's not in your top five.
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, I like T Higgins, you know, Um, good size to him. He moves really well. Uh, I think he finishes really well too. Most of the time, uh, you know, other than that over-the-shoulder drop, uh, <laughs> but I think he does finish well most of the time. Uh, I don't know about his separation. I think that's what's kind of kind of holding him back compared to the other guys. And I think the five guys that have a, above him are are better separators. Um, so maybe he's a little bit throwback to what we used to look for in wideouts. But I think, like you said in today's game, not necessarily the the exact skill set we're all looking for. Uh, but another guy who I mean, with Trevor Lawrence as his QB, this this the the ceiling is the roof with this guy. He could have 1,500 yards. I wouldn't bat an eye. So we'll, it'll be fun to see. It'll be fun to see what Justin Ross does on the other side of him, too. Uh, that's only going to help Higgins as far as his college production goes because Ross is probably going to be the one that's getting double teams, brackets, and mm-hmm. all that type of stuff, funnels. So we'll see. I mean, I think Higgins, might be, like a lot of these guys, he has potential to be a
0: top-three receiver in the class. It's going to come down to what he does in 2019. Let's deal with these Michigan receivers. You got Donovan Peoples, Peoples-Jones at number seven. You got Tariq Black at number 11. Uh, I understand they've got a new receivers coach over there at Michigan, if I'm not mistaken. And there's a lot of uh, intrigue in terms of them really growing this year. I know Donovan Peoples-Jones is a former like top recruit coming out of high school. What do you see in these two guys? I actually also have Nico Collins at number 10.
1: Uh, okay, there you go. Also, yeah, also the Michigan trio is all in that top 11 for the underclassmen. Uh, yeah, so the new receivers coach is Josh Gaddis, formerly worked with uh, Jordan Matthews at Vanderbilt. Uh, worked with Chris Gowan, and Deshaun Hamilton at Penn State and worked with Judy Ruggs and Smith last year at Alabama. Um, he's coached, I think, three – and Jordan White from uh, Western Michigan. So he's coached three All-American wide receivers um, within like a seven-year span, which is pretty good. Um, so he's going to be the new OC. He's going to be the new receivers coach. Uh, so I think their growth is could be huge. Uh, a lot of it will probably come down to how Shea Patterson performs. Patterson's deep ball kind of flutters, and that holds back Nico Collins a little bit more than anyone else. Collins has the size – uh, has the strength and win vertically people's Jones is probably a little bit more smooth, a little bit more athletically gifted, um, really, like really loose athlete can kind of do it all at all levels of the field. And also a great apartment Turner. And then Tariq black is kind of the unknown. He's only played in like six games at this point in his career. He's had a bunch of injuries kind of holding back the injuries through spring ball. So it's really kind of hard to project him going back to when he was a freshman, he had a few big plays, even against Florida. I think in his first, in his first game as a true freshman, had like a 60 yard touchdown. So a guy who has a lot of talent, but we don't really know what exactly we're going to get out of him from what I've seen. He looks great. We don't know if he's going to be healthy this year. So he might be a guy who defaults to 2021, but as far as cons and people's Jones go, once again, I mean, they're ceiling, they're and they could be, they could jump up in the top five as well.
0: So of your top 12 underclassmen wide receiver rankings right now, entering the season, you've got two Alabama receivers and three Michigan players. So that's uh You want to watch wide receiver talent, you know which schools to watch this year if you want to watch more than one guy. Um, I want to ask you about one more guy here on this underclassmen list here, the guy you have at number nine, Tylen Wallace. He's from Oklahoma State. He's a player I'm not familiar with, so get me familiar. So Tylen Wallace, um,
1: he was one of the Belenikoff finalists last year because he went off for like 1,600 yards. Uh, He was first-team All-Big 12, Uh, a guy who in the air is awesome. Uh, There's a few plays, I believe, against Texas. So, when he was going against Chris Boyd, RIP, where he kind of went over <laughs> and lost him. Yeah, let's not talk about that. Kind of went over him, like, lost him a little bit. So, really good along the boundary, but kind of like the traditional Oklahoma State wide receiver, all, like, really only plays on one side and really is only asked to do not much. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of vertical routes, not much stuff in breaking routes. Uh, but a guy who's really good at that. Now, one thing I'm looking for out of him is whenever he gets kind of pressed and get, gets contacted, I think he gets slowed a little bit too much, uh, probably because he doesn't face that much press coverage in the Big 12. Uh, but when he does, I would like to see him kind of get off of it. So his footwork at the line of scrimmage is something that I'm – and basically his footwork in tight spaces something that I'm looking for him to improve upon. And I, I think that's a guy who, once again, I mean, he has all the gifts he needed, uh, Can really can really win in the air despite not being the biggest guy. Uh, but a really, really good boundary receiver for the next level. Probably a guy who's going to play the Z and, and really fit him well. Um, let's
0: do some superlatives type stuff here. With the overall wide receiving co- class entering 2020, you can bring seniors into the equation here. Uh, I'll give you a certain category. You tell me the guy that first comes to mind as as the guy that's the best at it. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Who's Who's the best run after catch guy?
1: It's hard to argue with Jalen Rieger, I think. I think it'd be Rieger.
0: Best hands?
1: I think it's going to be C.D. Lamb, right? I haven't seen him drop a pass yet.
0: (laughs) That was the name that was in my head. I was thinking that's (laughs) where you were going to go with that. Um, Best route runner?
1: Jerry Judy. Yeah, for sure. Dude puts guys in a blender, man, left and right.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I,
1: I, think, I think, one real quick, I think Devontae Smith, his teammates, right, right beneath him.
0: Yeah, he's very, he's very technical. What type of athlete,
1: what type of juice do you think Devontae Smith has? I really don't know. But they love getting him the ball. So, and, and, and early, the first play against Oklahoma, he took a slant like 50 yards. I don't really know. It, it's going to be interesting to see. But like you said, technically great. And I think that's why Tua kind of defers to him in a lot of situations. But I, I don't know. I, he's probably a, a low 4-5 or five guy
0: who's the guy that you feel is the best in terms of beating bet press coverage.
1: I would say we're going to go to the seniors for this one. I really like Brian Edwards against it. Um, but I also think Tyler Johnson, uh, from Minnesota when it's, when it comes to the red zone could win at will. Um, now he's kind of like a raw I don't even think he knows what he's doing, but he's kind of like a he's kind of like a little bit raw, but his his ability to beat press like in tight spaces, part because of his size, part because of his feet, especially in the red zone, it looks pretty special on film. So Brian Edwards and Tyler Johnson. Best of ball skills. Oh my god, it's gotta be C D, right? It's gotta be C D land. Or or Colin Johnson would be up there as well
0: from Texas. The most versatile. Hmm.
1: That one might be by Peoples Jones from Michigan. Can play in any alignment, punt returner. Uh, he might return kicks too, if I'm not mistaken. And also kind of has that build and has that athleticism to he's really a fluid athlete. Could kind of playing a lot of a lot of spots as well. But also, I mean, I guess Jamal, I probably love this question all
0: too. I'm probably overlooking him. I know you have an answer for this one. The best blocker.
1: <laughs> hmm. That would probably be Antonio Gandhi Golden from Liberty dude's dude's like built like zeus and he gets after it. he's physical i like him a lot uh is there
0: okay give me like a, the top names right like guys people know about which one is the best blocker you people know man people know no i love the answer but i'm like okay so because that could be a separator like you've got all these really good receivers right tons right. of this year which one's the best blocker out of like the top names
1: I like K.J. Hill from Ohio State. I might, be, I might defer to him. The Ohio State boys get after him when it comes to blocking, big time. Um, and I think when he wants to, he can be a really, really good blocker. I did, keep, I did
0: some work on K.J. Hill last year. I thought he's really smooth.
1: Yeah, he's awesome. He's really fun. He is really smooth.
0: Do they have other dudes there, or is he going mean, oh. to be the guy, right? Uh,
1: he's going to be the guy. He's going to break – as long as he stays healthy, he's going to break David Boston's uh, career reception record at Ohio State. He's only like 40 away. Um, he's going to be their number one, but Austin Mack, who I actually has a number seven senior receiver, uh, is also there. And so is Victor Benjamin, who is like 6'4", 220. And his highlights, just his highlights, but his highlight plays look like A.J. Green. Now, it's, he's not, and he's very consistent, and he only has like 48 career receptions, but he has like 12 touchdowns on those 48 receptions. So like his high points are awesome. So I think those three, and they're, they're all seniors. And actually KJ was a redshirt senior. So they'll all be in the draft. And then they also have an incoming freshman who was like, I think the number one receiver in the country is supposed to kind of get, get some, get some burn as well. So they have, they have guys, they always have guys, but right. they'll have a top four. Yeah. They're so, they're so talented every year. It's like, especially at that position, it's absurd. Their schedule this
0: year is cakewalk too. All right. Oh, great. It, well, and, but that's the thing. But Kyle and I went over this at some point this week over Ohio state schedule on this podcast. And we're like, I don't know how they don't go 12 and 0, but I mean, Ohio state's a team that lost to Purdue and we're nearly lost to Maryland. And you know, it's just, so yeah, it, in theory, they're going to be better than every team they face this year, but will they win every game? That's always kind of been the challenge for Ohio state.
1: If it comes down to the Ohio state, Michigan, again, I'm going to like, I'm going to lose my mind. It, it's going
0: to, uh, then Michigan's going to lose. I'm right. going to be sad. We've seen this movie, brother. <laughs> we <We've seen, laughs> See it every damn year. I know. Um, <laughs> I know you've got a soft spot for Denzel Mims, the wide Good receiver time. from Baylor, yeah. number two on your senior rankings. What's his ceiling? And, uh, you know, is it is it hype or is there something here? I th- I mean, I really do think there's something there. Going back two years ago now,
1: he had a game against Oklahoma, and this was the year Baylor was like 1-11. Um, and he just went off against Oklahoma. Now, Oklahoma's not a great defensive team, but he was showing traits in that game that w- that made me put him at number two overall in last year's preseason he's 6-3 he bulked up last year to 208 phenomenal athlete like a guy who can squat a house he runs like the wind just built so well boundary type of receiver showed a lot with his route running showed a lot above the rim and then last year kind of battled injuries Brewer Charlie Brewer started to go more towards Jalen Hurd in the slot so Mims kind of fell by the wayside, but even in like the biggest moments of their season, they were just throwing jump balls in the red zone to him to win games. And they beat Oklahoma state on a Denzel Mims jump ball. So it's almost like, even when he's not having a great year and even when he's kind of held back by a few different things, he's still kind of producing and, and being their go-to guy. So I, I hope finally, like, is this, this is his big breakout year. I think it will be, like I said, I think he has all the traits necessary. His ceiling should be high. I've, I've been high in his sitting since the beginning, but, He's kind of yet to just put everything together and do it all at once. You know, two years ago, it was all big 12. This past year, he didn't get any accolades. Um, So we'll we'll see. I I still think it's high. I mean, he could be he could be a day two guy, I think. And uh, I'm hoping he is. I I don't know why.
0: I just I'm drawn to his game. It's just one of those things. I think he's going to end up in day two for me. All right. The last thing I'm going to ask you is I'm just going to give you the floor wide open here. Blitz us with whatever you want to dump on us here when it comes to wide receivers entering the 2020 season with college football starting at the end of the month. The floor is yours to just drop all the nuggets you want to. All right. Washington wide receiver Aaron Fuller wrote
1: about him this past week. Um, Absurd body control can make these one handed catches with grace. Gave me slight Dante Pettis vibes. And it's not only because they went to Washington, but Aaron Fuller literally took Dante Pettis to his like, job, like his role, uh, like what they asked of him, even all the way down to like returning, like his alignments, the trick plays that they do. He does everything Dante Pettis did. Um, a few other things KJ Hamler from Penn State, who I just found out was a retro sophomore. I didn't even know. I thought he was a true sophomore like two weeks ago. Um, super fun player, awesome with the ball in his hands, also gonna be a great returner. Jeff Thomas from Miami is super fast in a straight line. Um, I'm hoping that he develops a little bit more than just that. And then a few lesser known guys would be the two guys from SMU, James Proch, who's a senior, and Reggie Roberson, who's a junior. Proch is really refined as a route runner. Um, he's produced a ton. I think he had over 90 or 80, high 80s receptions last year. Really good route runner slot guy, undersized. And then Roberson is a transfer. He only played one year last year as a sophomore. Soft- he's only played in one year last year as a sophomore. And he is fun. He's a straight seam threat, go, like throw the ball deep, like let him go deep and throw the ball up to him. Probably only about six, to one, but really smooth. Um, kind of like a little Kenny Stills type of type of guy, maybe like a, a little bit slower Ted Ginn type of type of role for him. Uh, so he might be two years out, but if he has a big year, he could declare as well. So the two SMU guys are, on, are under the radar, but a lot of fun and, and they're getting um, uh, Shane Buchel to be their quarterback. So it could be a big
0: year for the, for the Mustangs. I'm going to give you a name, Brad, KJ, okay. KJ Osborne, wide receiver from Miami, He transferred in from Buffalo this year. And I think you're a details guy. I think that you'll like the way KJ Osborne plays football. So there's there's a little wisdom for you. OK, um, I'll, I'll take a look. I'll take a look at anybody. <laughs> I
1: actually f- want to mention one more name.
0: All right. Yours. Go ahead.
1: F- FCS guy. From my home state, not actually from my home state, plays college football in my home state at the University of Rhode Island, um, named Aaron Parker, like 6'3", 215. He's built super well. I met him this offseason, built awesome. He was uh, all CAA last year, and CAA, for those who don't know, is either the best or second best FCS conference with the Missouri Valley. Um, but he's he had huge production this past year. He's been on a bunch of preseason watch lists. Um, the Senior Bulls said they are keep an eye on him as well, so that could be a name to watch coming out of the FCS level and you know,
0: a little roadie Rams pride from, 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 Brad. All right. There's the shout out from Brad Kelly folks. You can follow him on Twitter at Brad Kelly, 17 uh, does great work with us over at the draftnetwork.com. Make sure you are staying plugged into his weekly Wednesday column wide out Wednesday version 1.0 came out this past week. He'll be dropping it for you every single week. In addition to all the other great content that he produces for us, over at the draft network.com. Brad, thanks for getting us ready to watch receivers in 2020. Of course. Uh, anytime. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Thank you listeners for uh, tuning into this episode of draft dudes. Uh, I guess we'll have Kyle back on Monday. I'm sorry <laughs> if the show quality <laughs> declines a little, you know, with him back in the fray, but, uh, uh obviously, you know we got to get back. We got the band back together and, and do our thing next week. And uh, we're recording this before the Hall of Fame game. But I'll be honest with, can't wait to watch it. I'm going to be clued in here uh, just in a few hours here when when that kicks off. And uh, we'll be talking preseason football on the regular here moving forward. So make sure that you are subscribed, that you rate, you review, you share the podcast, all that stuff. And until next time, thanks so much for listening to the Draft Dudes podcast.